this episode of Sex Actually, we have comedian from Playboy TV, Kate Quigley, and professional clown slash comedian, Phil Fox. This is your host, Dave Neal. Don't say it like you're asking a question. <laughs> Tell what we talked about. Boob jobs. We talked about boob jobs and priorities. Learning from your boyfriend or girlfriend. Getting out of toxic relationships. Nope, that was in the episode. We did. We talked about her on again, off again, not a real relationship. And what else? We talked about Playboy TV. And orgasms. Did we? I think so. Oh, yeah, we did. We did. We talked about orgasms. And, oh, and the first time I... Jerked off. It's a sad, (laughs) sad story. And you were not involved. (laughs) Here's a hint. It involved a famous sitcom. Elaine Dennis. I gave it away. I gave it away. Have fun, guys. It doesn't matter where you're going, though. Seriously, have you been um, to the griddle right up here? Yes. That's like where the hottest men in L.A. all serve you breakfast. Yeah, they just they just hired me. Mike Zatera works there. (laughs) You have to be like really really? attractive. Yeah, he works there. Oh, are you calling Mike Zatera one of the hottest men in L.A.? I don't know who that is. Oh. We are returning at Beach Nation in West Hollywood. We have a (laughs) packed house today. And look, we just started recording, so we're going to kick it off. Right now, I'm going to start my guests. uh, Oh, ladies first. To my left, we have Tasha Courtney. What's up? Joining us. uh, The closest thing to a regular that we have now, which is nice. (laughs) My better half. Uh, And uh, we have Kate Quigley. Hey. Female. (laughs) Where where are you from? Originally, Ohio. Oh, from Look at that. Where in Ohio? And here we go. I don't know where that is. What the? I love the sound. I know. Can you hear this construction work? We just realized that the place where we decided to go hang out today has construction next They're door. They're remodeling. It's great. <laughs> no one cat called me either, so I'm a little pissed off. The by studio that. that we're uh, recording in yeah. is getting a new uh, The coffee office. beans are made out of rocks, apparently. <laughs> All right, next to Kate Quigley, we have Phil the Fox. What up? How are you today? How are Phil's part of the the uh, the Jay Hollingsworthless Hollingworth podcast. Hollingsworthless podcast. Did you say Phil the fox? Phil yeah. fox, fox like the animal. Oh, nice. What this up? This is uh, Phil is a professional <laughs> Stupid, juggler, but you know whatever. You're a professional juggler. I you know I have been known to throw some things in the air, That's throw some cool. balls around. <laughs> really peaked, impress the ladies. Really peaked on balls right there. <laughs> He's like, yo, I know how to it's juggle a, shit. It's impressive everything. out here on Santa Monica Boulevard, let me tell you. So <laughs> I've been meaning... Can- Wait, before... Can, can we get back to... Where is Canton, Ohio? Canton? It's, uh... Well, guys know it because the Pro Football pro. Hall of Fame is there. Okay. I was going to say it's, basketball. It's um, near Akron, <laughs> where LeBron James is from. Is that... Northeastern. Okay. It's like an hour from Cleveland. Okay. I'm from Kentucky, but just south of Cincinnati. So whenever I hear that someone's from Ohio, there's a small chance that we might be neighbors. That's well, so funny. Well, this means nothing because we just found out we had a huge spike in listeners in Shanghai. Like, specifically. What? I like yeah. Asian men. Bring I was, it. I just finally paid the extra few bucks to find out where people are listening. And I found out that, like, China was listening. B- 
big. Like, like I'm talking spiked my, and I'm like, what's going on? And then I looked within China, and I found out it's just Shanghai. Like, zero downloads anywhere else but Shanghai. Why do you think so that is? Thank you, Did you Shanghai. have someone on who's uh, very popular in Shanghai? I don't know. And it's only one episode. It was uh, an episode called what did um, you talk about? Getting Out of Toxic Relationships. Something, was there a toxic spill in China? <laughs> yeah, right. Or, like, does that yeah. translate to, like... Like something like that they like, like some foot fetish. No, it's not. There's well, don't don't mess this podcast up, or you yeah. have to fall on your own blade. Konnichiwa. Maybe there's <laughs> a lot of toxic that relationships that in Japanese. Shanghai, and I, you just offended the whole Chinese culture. I know. <laughs> yeah. He's like, let I, me speak Japanese at you. I think that they like to hear that we have women on the podcast that are we actually give a voice to. I think that's. I don't know. Do they do that in China? I feel they, like, like still have serious censorship in China. Do censorship they? is a real issue. I didn't know they could download. Yeah, how can they download Western? Shit, if they can't even like they, they can't even Asians have google are so smart they probably find thank, thank you. you they probably find a way around you know they probably know how to like hack around the government but you know yeah. what's so funny is like uh my immediate thought was negative negativity like ah it's probably some scam they're probably like stealing my info <laughs> like there's no way people are actually listening who knows it's you just spies know. yeah it's government spies they they figure we're talking about real shit going on in the u.s <laughs> And yeah. they're, they're just trying to, you know, how real, to get out of a toxic relationship. Real, yeah, the how to not cry in, yeah. on, in traffic in LA. Maybe the uh, relationships was the Bruce Jenner or something that you, they thought you were talking about. Yeah, well, my so haircut's getting you, there. How do you get out of a toxic relationship? Did you figure it out? Because I've been in one for like a year. <laughs> so are you? Are you dating someone? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm not you. really in it, but let's just say, like, it been in and out of it for like a year, and I like keep going on and off. It's very Heart's tough. So good. Do you go from, like, official to unofficial to official to unofficial? No. Or is it just, like, hooking up and then not talking and then hooking up? And it's, like, hooking up. But the thing is, it's never technically been official. But the guy does get angry if I hook up with other people. But you've ever dated a guy that, like, he doesn't want you to hook up with other people? But he doesn't want to commit. Like lock it down. Yeah, yeah. You're not exclusive. That's like well, tribal. Like in tribal, that that doesn't exist. Like you, like you were the guy's girl. Like that's how it was. And he and he controlled. Like genetically, that's how. Yeah, we you were hit programmed. her over the head, and she was yours. That was it. That was <laughs> you clubbed. There were tribes. The Bill Cosby school of dating. <laughs> yeah, they would. You would show up to the fire pit, and you were his girl. And you know, now that's it's complicated. Not always how it's been. I, the book that I'm reading. Um, well, oh, the geez. last one I just finished. I'm reading the Outlander series. But these are fiction, so now by I'm, the way. It's not, a, but it's a historical fiction, so it's based loosely <laughs> on fact. But they were talking about the Mohawk tribe, how the women were really like the ones in charge of the relationship. Like they choose when they want to take you to bed, and it wasn't like a committed like relationship, wow. like we're going to be married sort of thing. They could get rid of their men at any time they wanted. If they became dissatisfied, they'd just be like, "Sorry, you're not invited." I got to start screening bed anymore. these books that you're reading. I don't think I like this. What's Outlander? Is that like the Divergent? Insurgent? No. Um, it's this weird series that her father got her into, and it's got a lot of sex and. Did they make a show not, out of it? It's oh, on stars. Yeah. Okay. It's like I got a time you. It was a book from first, like huh? the Scottish Highlands, and then they go to yeah. the Americas eventually. So I'm on the last book of the series, and they're in the Americas right now. She'll literally like, not talk to me, and but she'll but you could hear how the book's going based on like gasps, like she's like a vocal. <laughs> It's, but I'm okay with it. It's like, mm. go do your... You can tell how the book's going based on how your relationship's going. She's yeah. like, I don't feel like sleeping with you tonight. She's like, is it even worth it anymore? Like, apparently all the men in the book are assholes because she stopped sleeping with me. Jebediah's dead in the book. And, uh, that happens to women where we'll, like, read books or watch movies where, like, 
the guy in the movie kind of reminds you of your boyfriend, and then yeah. he's like kind he's of a doing jerk. Some sort and of asshole before, thing. Yeah, and then before you know it, you're mad at your boyfriend. He's like, <laughs> "What did I do?" You're like, "I'm watching this movie. The guy's just like you. I'm not sleeping with you." That's how I felt after the Ben Affleck. Uh, when what was that one? The crazy, the crazy chick in it. Oh, the, Gone the, the Girl. Re- Gone Girl, man. Yeah. I couldn't look at. Were you I, a little scared of me? I would not shut the lights off after that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still haven't seen that movie. But it my is friend freaky. called me and he goes, "I think you and this guy are like the Gone Girl couple." And I was like, "Is that a good thing?" He's like, "No, you." need to watch the movie <laughs> I, feel like I feel like it's everything that 50 shades of gray wanted to be but like better as far as the like, intensity yeah, yeah it doesn't just spell it out for you anyway we're not here mm. to promote that but you so okay i've been wanting to like have you on the podcast because we're called sex actually we do you know we just talk about what's going on with our with dating and all the horrible shit we have different comics on and you know we all every comic's got these stories where can you hear me okay i'm i'm sorry i'm listening to, to my talk a little i'm yeah, listening yeah, to yeah, my can i sound great on on here but okay now okay that's better you sound great but uh, i'm <laughs> sure but i can't silky hear smooth too. on here okay <laughs> too well um i could have picked well. a better location <laughs> last last week it was just so quiet um but you had a podcast uh, on dating as well correct yeah yeah date fails which i definitely want to bring it back it was on the john lovitz comedy network which uh john lovitz comedy club closed people know that it's, i'm sure it's going to reopen somewhere else but um, anyway, so I, and then I started shooting a, a TV show for the Playboy channel. So that had me busy. Oh, tell us about that. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. I'm hosting a TV show on Playboy TV. It comes out August 7th. It's very cool. It's called Undercover. Um, the way I describe <laughs> it to people, I don't know how Playboy would feel about this, but I kind of describe it to people like, you know, Mike Rose show Dirty Jobs, where he kind of goes to different people's weird jobs yeah. and he tries he's it out. He's undercover, right? Well, he's not undercover. They know. Oh, that's, I was thinking yeah. undercover boss. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> jobs yeah. is just Dirty Jobs. He just shows okay. up and then he's like, I want to try this job. And then he tries it. Well, and so my show, I uh, explore everything in the world of sex. So I'm not really, they know I'm coming. But yeah, I'll, they do. I'll show hey, Phil Fox. <laughs> yes, I tell them when I'm coming. Always. I'm sorry, I couldn't girls do that. Bitch. Um, but Give I'll show light. up and then, uh, you know, I'll be like, so for instance, an episode that we did was like clown play. People that are into like dressing up as clowns and hooking up now, and, and strip clubs with clowns. Didn't plan this, but <laughs> Phil was also a professional clown. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. So perfect. I, I think at 13, I wasn't really getting busy. As the clown, so you weren't. There was no sexual That's aspect so to, your cl- to your clowning around at thirteen. Yeah, no, no, none of the moms at the clown party. No, no, the there was there was no uh, cougar action okay. on the clown. What? You are really quiet. Like I'm right next yeah, to. Yeah, I, I could barely hear the last yeah. paragraph. Oh, that you stated. Jeez, I'm killing it. I didn't know you guys couldn't hear me. <laughs> all right, so um, so you're going to all these different aspects. Like, you so are you I going travel. to sex dungeons? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I do. I mean, I've been to this season. We did okay. Oh we did ten episodes. We did twenty segments. So twenty different like you know fetishes or whatever there was fire play clown play giantess foot fetish tickle play i explore all these and i kind of like i dip my toe in it and i'm the comedic kind of you know i'm awkward about it and i've never experienced any of this and then and then there's like the real like sexy people that get naked and like do the (laughs) thing i don't really get i never get fully nude on the show or anything like that can I ask, what does your family think about this? Like, I think when I have to break the news, like, oh, you know, like, mom, you know, I, I got a great role on this TV show, but, like, my boobs are going to be out. Like, what do they think? Do they, are my, they supportive? My family is, like, crazy supportive of my career. And you guys know, because you live out here, how hard it is to get a TV show in Hollywood. My mom is like, you got a show, like, but she does call me every once in a while. She goes, you haven't gotten naked on there, though, right? And I'm like, no. <laughs> but my mom is really cool I would do a lot. Supportive for a role. 
Like what? A, like a, like a, famo- like a, a, a baby show. ladybug with no spots. <laughs> That's good for the audience. There's a ladybug. Like, <laughs> really engaged. I've, I, like our, our friend of ours had to, make, had to make out with another guy. For a role, and it Lucky. was a big, it was a big time role. But yeah. it was like it was. A, I mean, that's a challenge for a straight guy to do. Sure. But it's like when you consider how hard it is to get a role, it's like yeah. I mean, Phil, would you like, kiss the dude? You would kiss it. You would go. That's would you, would that's you go like, like you the go beginning like games, of the things Game I of Thrones. Would do. <laughs> that's just the tip of the iceberg. Hilarious. Yeah, it's the tip of something. Yeah. I and mean, when I moved to LA, I was like, I'll never do nudity. And then my agent called and was like, David Fincher wants to see you for this role called Naked Girl. I was like, I'll do nudity. Like, I mean, <laughs> it depends on the role, and you know. Yeah. How did Playboy come along? And being a host of a major TV show on a pretty major network is well, uh, like, I don't, yeah. <laughs> well, um, it's got a lot of cachet to it. Like. The Playboy TV thing actually came along. Uh, people have probably heard this story, so I don't want to bore your listeners. I've told it before, but long story short, I wrote to Playboy and I sent them. I used to fitness model, so I sent them some hot like bikini photos. And I wrote to not just Playboy. I wrote to like Maxim, FHM stuff, all these men's magazines, and I said, "Hey, there's a lot of really hot." up-and-coming female comics, and you should do, like, a spread on a few. And I named a few friends, and um, Playboy called me. They were like, come in for a meeting. And this was two and a half, three years ago, something like that. I go in for a meeting at Playboy. They're like, would you mind doing a test shoot for the magazine while you're here? And I was like, well, do I have to get naked? And they're like, yes. And I was like, uh... All right. Jeez. You're at Playboy. How do you say no? You can't say no. You're there. It's like, I can't leave the Playboy They're building. probably and be like, like testing your psyche. Like, are you will like, was it like, did they say, hey, it's not going to be anywhere or. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, it won't ever go anywhere unless if you, it's just to see if you want to be in the magazine. And, and it like your comfort level. And, and, and yeah. also for them to be like. I mean, they have to see. They kind of vet you. But I feel like, dude, I feel like after people do a shoot, they're probably like, uh, like they can almost rationalize it. I have done the shoot. Yeah, put the photos out. Or well, I mean, like they're never going to release test shoot photos because the way they shoot them at Playboy, they're not. I mean, it's not like, like on a white yeah, backdrop in a it's room not, with a bunch of right. people and folding like the, chairs and they're like yeah. cascading at waterfall pool. I yeah. just like how they're like, well, since you stopped by, you want to just you know get naked? Take some <laughs> well, pictures? I knew they were going to take photos because they're like wear lingerie, whatever. Okay. I just didn't know if I would get naked, but. Once they they didn't force me, they were just like, "Do you want to?" And I was like, "Well, I mean, I'm a Playboy. It's like you yeah. can't leave and like be like, I said no." Yeah. So the point is, I did that, and then while I was still naked in heels, which by the way, my test shoot was so horrible and awkward. I'm like horrible <laughs> when I try to be sexy. I'm it. It looks like I'm. Is that your to, like, inner monologue saying that, or do you do you actually? No, I was tr- really. I'm sure, awkward. it translates. I don't know to how to man. model. I'm not really. I was like a fitness model, but I mean, like to be in like five inch heels, naked in front of a bunch of people trying to look sexy. I'm a comic i just felt like an idiot a bunch of people how many people were in there seven or eight. Oh my god yeah and so then they were like so you wrote to us because you're a comedian what's your stuff uh what are your jokes like what do you talk about and then i just started i was like well i've got to stand out from all the other girls they bring in here so i just started telling jokes but naked in high heels thank you and i ended up doing like seven seven minutes of stand-up pretty much at playboy like naked And I knew it was going well because, like, halfway through, one of the casting guys was like, keep going, keep going, I'll be right back. And he left and came back with, like, a few more people. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That's amazing. So that's kind of how it started. And then from there, I've, like, worked with them on some other stuff. And then when they were casting the show, they just called me and I... That's awesome. That's pretty sweet. See, that's Phil. We'll never get that chance. Well, no, I guess all I have to do is just take some pictures of me in bikinis and send them to Playboy. You could have something. be like, boom, (laughs) here you go. But the message I've been trying to put out about the whole story is just like, 
because I have a lot of friends in LA who are like trying to make it, and they're like, I'm just they're just chilling out, waiting for their agent to call, and it's like. Everybody I know who's working in this town, they did it because they wrote something. They wrote to someone. They made something. They pitched to someone. Like, you got to make your own. You worked own. for it. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. just have to make your own you vehicle. You hustle. Right. Well, yeah. I was on the shitty stage at Flappers. I was in, like, the janitor, like, the 50. 50- I'm sorry. It's yeah. called the Yoohoo room. <laughs> the fucking. Not the shit <laughs> Capri Sun room. And, uh, and then I heard, I heard Kate on stage in the other room doing a boob joke. So, like, every other comic, I just pop on in. And you're killing it. Oh, thank yeah, you. Yeah, it was a good. I mean, it, it was a good. I, I don't know how the crowd was for everyone else. I only stayed for like the middle of your set, but it, it looks great. Thanks. They were a good crowd. That was a black dress night. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good crowd. Yeah, and uh, and Phil, again, Phil, not going to be on the black dress show. Just not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, no, I get it. We were busy. I've come to accept that. Phil, Phil came. We had Tasha and I as she stuffs her face. That's a giant salad. I know it's huge. We so we had our joint well, birthday rabbit. this week. Food. I spent joint my, birthday. Her mm-hmm. birthday's on Friday. Well, mine was. Am I not supposed to say that? And mine was last Friday. Oh wow! And I spent the first eighteen years of my life sharing a birthday with my sister, and then all of a sudden, like I literally had <laughs> one year where I had my own birthday, and now I'm back to joint birthdays. But oh, did we bring bourbon balls? We didn't bring them. No. No, we had some bourbon balls. We left them in the car. Yeah, um, I have so many bourbon balls left over. Do you really? Yeah, I'm oh, gonna like birthday. send them to my agents. Thanks. I'm old. I'm 30 now. For those Shanghai You're listeners, done, man. 30. Might as well just it's over. Yeah. Get Pack out, it in. Move away. I'm thinking I'm gonna be. Ki- I think I'm gonna kill in my 30s. I just Fuck wasn't you. Fit. I just wasn't <laughs> I'm 33. Fit. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. You know you're a comic when you're actually willing to admit your age. Tasha will not admit her age. It's actually that. funny. I talked about that on stage last night because, uh, because you know, my people, representation, whatever, they're always like, stop saying how old you are on stage. And I'm like, I try to be super, super, super honest on stage and really real. So anything I say on the people are always like, is that stuff real? Anything I say on stage is real. And I don't want to lie about my age. And then they're like, well, why can't you just not say it? I'm like, let's the audience know me. Like, yeah. they know exactly It's only good not to say it, I think, when someone's, like, 22 being like, ah, oh, it sucks that I'm out of college now. It's like the whole audience hates you. Like, if you're, yeah. if you're like, yeah. under 30, I feel like no one cares. Or if also, you're like, I just turned 30, life is over. And yeah, then the well, audience is like, fuck you. For my <laughs> Although listeners. I swore, look, I'm not quite 30 yet, but I swore I woke up this morning. And now I just see all the gray hair. Like yeah. today, I woke up and I was I, like, "I can see a few." I was I like, see a "What gray hair. is this?" I wake oh, up no, and I take like ibuprofen. The whole side of my head is just gray. <laughs> ibuprofen start the day off. That's what I do now. I remember my That's friend when I was like when I was first living in LA. I was like 24. My friend was like, "Just wait, Kate. When you turn 27, your body starts to fall apart. <laughs> you wake up that morning and shit's just falling down." And I remember turning 27, waking up and looking in the mirror and being like, "Oh my god, she's right." Like all of a sudden, oh, no. I'm like, I have to work out and like. Stuff I didn't used to have to do, but do you find now you you must go back to Ohio and and be the celebrity of your town. Are you? Do you find that when you go back? Because uh, people blend into LA differently than when they go back home. Like I'll go home and I'll be wearing like an LA or like when I lived in New York, I'd, I'd go from New York. I'd, I lived in Harlem and then I'd go back to Newport, Rhode Island. I'd have to go from high top sneakers to Sperry's because <laughs> if I wore the high tops in Rhode Island, everybody's making fun of me. Like you have to oh, like I got just you. like be a li- like so. You go like what kind of town are you from in Ohio? It's not a. It, are you actually from Canton or is it yeah, city small? Canton, All right, Ohio. so so that's like a that's like a it's city. It's like then. a suburb. Okay. Yeah. But now, so we when when you were on stage the other night, you did a joke about the about your uh, the the uh, rogue uh, boob. Uh, is that what you call it? I, like, I don't know what you. <laughs> I have a lazy boob, everyone. So how long <laughs> has that been a thing? <laughs> well, I got my boobs done a few years ago. And uh, which I regret for people listening. I mean, not totally because it's probably got me some work, but 
but it's I've had it redone a few times because it like just doesn't my body just doesn't want to have this take, left boob. It's it just the one. The left one. Yeah, the one is bad. Um, it that's a real thing, but uh, is well, that fairly common? Yeah. It's funny because, like, it's so weird because, you know, before I got them done, by the way, people with fake boobs are, like, the biggest pushers. They're, like, drug pushers. Because when I was thinking of getting my boobs done, whenever I would talk to people who had them, they're like, do it. It's the best thing. People would literally, I remember a girl one day, I didn't even know, she, like, pulled me into her van. She's like, you got to see mine. They're so great. She pulled me into her van and, like, started taking her shirt off so I could, like, see her boobs. She's like, touch them. They feel so real. I was like... If I was a guy, I would just pretend I was, like, shopping for fake boobs for my girlfriend just because girls all of a sudden are, like, like, it's true. I've had guys come up to me and go, I'm thinking about, like, paying for my girlfriend to get her boobs done. Do you think I could just, like, kind of feel yours? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You take this, you, like, you desexualize it, right? Mm. Yeah, they feel like it feels like a purse or something. What, What was the ultimate decision? Like, what was the factor that made you pull the trigger on it? Well, the truth is I always wanted them. Like, I mean, I remember being like a teenager and being like, if I, if my boobs don't grow, I'm going to get them done someday. I mean, I always just wanted to. And I was married and my ex-husband was like really against it. So then we got divorced. It was like the first thing I did. I like took half the money and bought, you know, divorce <laughs> boobs, I call them. And then- <laughs> you at least show him like, hey, this is what... No, that's so funny. My friends are like, and then when he found out, did you guys, did he repropose? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. I, uh, I didn't know you were married. I mean, I really don't know. I, I didn't do any research because I figured if I did research, like when I don't know something about someone, I end up saying something that I put my foot in my mouth, but it at least gets me to know something. That's I had okay. no idea. <laughs> I had no idea that you were married. Yeah. 10 when years. You li- when you lived in LA? Nice. Yeah. You had a, what, you had a marriage in LA? Yeah. That seems like the rare. It, well, that guy was very not LA. We met in Ohio. I got Ten married when years. I was nineteen. Wow, that's, that's I talk about it a lot on stage. See, yeah, I missed all this. That's why I. That's why I kind of like my reason I started my podcast is called Date Fails, is because uh, I really never started dating till I was like in my thirties because I was married from nineteen to thirty one. So I missed out on the whole like dating through your twenties. Yeah. So now I'm learning to date in my thirties. So did you grow apart or was it just, you, did, did, you, what? did you guys grow apart? How did that? Yeah. You know, you get married at 19. You're like a kid. You just don't know yourself. And yeah. then we're still great friends, but just as we grew up, we realized we just didn't have as much in common as we thought. And you know, sexually too, you have like an awakening, right? Like when you're 19, you don't even know what gets you off. Like you don't even know. You think you're you think you're having an orgasm. You're not even having one. Like girls, we don't. <laughs> I don't know about you. I didn't even you're figure out. You're just watching a romantic comedy, <laughs> right? I mean, Tasha, I would you like to say anything? on When this? do you think you had your first orgasm that was like a real, genuine? Like you're like, oh, probably in my 20s. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I yeah, want to say the that answers my first when she met me. The, when she, <laughs> uh, <laughs> now you can be honest. She's like still waiting. Uh, <laughs> We're getting there. But yeah. yeah, definitely not in my my high school relationship. No. We right? Didn't, uh-uh, For you me, don't it know was like happening. 22, 23, I mm-hmm. think, in college. And it was like masturbating, you know? Like, that's how you figure it out for girls, yeah. I think. So uh, Guys, it's a different yeah. story. Yeah, I didn't really, like, yeah. know what it was. I thought it was just, I thought my penis was just coughing. I, 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 didn't, I didn't know his feeling. I just remember, this is going to sound strange, but I remember watching um, Seinfeld. In my room, like my own, I had a tiny little TV, and I remember Elaine gave me this like feeling, right? And this is like early Seinfeld. You were attracted, sexually so attracted to Elaine. Like I'm like 13? I'm like ten, 10? or nine. Okay. Ugh, like you can't. I never had the 10? hots for Elaine. Yeah, and I didn't know what to do with it. You know what I mean? Like I just like I it's think a I was feeling. always pissed at her though because 
I thought she was just always cock teasing Jerry, you know? Yeah. And I was like, I hate her. She won't give it up to Jerry. Yeah, but in the, show, was, out of here. in the show they had dated before. Right. So, but we never got to see that. So to uh, me, it right. was always but you didn't just understand like, like the structure of TV. Yeah. Being like you know, yeah, you just thought she was a cock tease. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Much. So Elaine was it for me. I gave it up. That's it. I, sh- I should have that's never funny. said anything. That was my last secret. That so time. wait, that's didn't like know. so that the first chick you ever jerked off to I was didn't Elaine know how to from jerk Seinfeld. <laughs> Literally, they gave us like um. That's like, so fucking I, funny. I didn't. This is gonna sound really strange, but uh, let's let's just get real. Oh I had God, a, like one of those. Yeah, get real. I had one of those trial size deodorants that they gave out in like health class. Josh was looking at me. Keep talking. I didn't shove it up my ass or anything. You don't know. You don't know what you're doing. You just have a feeling, and it had this like cool mint feeling. I just, ru- I just was rubbing it on myself. <laughs> so your first time ever oh masturbating was not only to Elaine from Seinfeld, but you, but it was really you were just you were deodorizing your dick. <laughs> you That'll be it for me, folks. That's literally you couldn't. That's get more probably personal. the best thing you've. That's the best thing you've probably ever. That's the best story I think like you probably the, ever told. That's like, that day you've never had sweaty like, balls. Yeah, you're, you're given this tool. And you don't know how to use it. Like, you don't know. There's no internet. There's no none of that. Uh, eventually, also, a friend's like, hey, this is what you, you know, that doesn't, you know, hey, why don't you, you know, someone tells you, like, an older. Who d- tells you? Like, I had my, I had a cousin who was like, hey, this is, you know, you know, you have a friend who's. Someone teach you? Like, kind of this do. is how you jerk I, off? Phil, help me I don't out think, for a second. I Jesus. don't think I ever was told, <laughs> but I, you know, you kind of figure out what it is for yourself. But then I think because when I was like. Because, you know... It's not rocket science. It's a did, hand like, the, Yeah. Like, then Until sixth, then you're hitting it. Sixth you grade like, or something like that, right? Like, right before sixth grade camp or something, I probably figured out how to do it. But then, like, the next year, the internet, basically... See, you're younger. You're a few years younger. Right. This wasn't... I was, like, right at the But cusp. I think I had that. So that, like, I was like, oh, what's... Oh, that's... He's doing that with that. I didn't have the internet. I didn't have <laughs> chat rooms. I had none of that. I just... I just had a... Free thing of deodorant in Elaine. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that uh, masturbating has just gotten too easy for kids nowadays with the free porn and the, it's, it's like ridiculous. you know you guys used to have to put a little work in. Now it's ever, had, and, and also I I truly believe that um, all this free porn is part of what's keeping guys from taking girls on dates. I swear to God, I have so many guy friends that are like, you know, it's like I want to hook up with a real girl, but it's so much easier to just turn on a porn and jerk off and not, not waste so, the time and the money. So that like that is Don John really sad. You're never going to have, like, how, you can't have a relationship with your own hand. And your but guys don't like, care. They don't want a relationship. They just want to get off. I think it gets to the point, though, where a lot of guys, are re- they get really desperate for relationships because they they find out that they've never had a real relationship and then all of a sudden here they are like turning 30 and they they don't know how to date and they've never had a girlfriend because they've just been sitting at home taking care of themselves for well there, i feel like that for in my experience dating the last couple of years that there's either two types of guys there are guys that are so over desperate for a relationship it's like it's like a huge turnoff and it freaks you out yeah it's really obvious right or there's the guy that so doesn't want a relationship that he acts like a total like d bag like this you know hit it and quit it. But type. is it because some girls were desperate to him, and he's like, I got to show you that I'm you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot. There's a lot, like I, f- I don't know if it's the older you get or what or twenties, thirties. There's just a lot of like people are afraid to hurt somebody else and be hurt themselves, and I think that's why like Tinder and like all this instant like random hookup 
works for them because it, they don't want to go the you know Nicholas Sparks route of but actually. But who are these girls on Tinder? Like, who are they? Because okay, how long have you guys been together? Uh, just over a year. A year. So you've been out of the Tinder game a little while. Yeah. What about I, you? You're single. I have a girlfriend, but that's what's funny to me is that like I've never been the type to like just hook up with women. I've always had relationships. I've always been a relationship type guy. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I, I like, I don't know how to take that, but. Uh, <laughs> I know, because I mean, like, some guys want to be, like, I have guy friends who want to be the type to, like, hook up with all these chicks, but it's just not their oh, personality. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And I think, no, I think you're right. I think, obviously, I've I fantasized about just going out to the club and bringing home some some yeah, broad and just, yeah, <laughs> doing it doing <laughs> it up at night and going, going around doing you're it this day. But um, super bad, I think, or uh, or knocked up. That's going out to the club. Yeah, like you're that. That guy. would that would happen to me. I can't even picture you at a club unless like <laughs> square <laughs> dancing club or something. Yes. I'm generally just at the library, but uh, <laughs> no. Uh, but I I but I've always liked having somebody to hang out. I think I'm that the relationship type guy, and and I, whenever I've seen somebody cool, you know, I I try to play it easy or whatever but i'm like hey let's hang out a lot or whatever yeah, yeah you want to foster a relationship you want to get to know somebody and have those like feelings of exploration absolutely and together i well, like that it gets complicated. I, I don't see how other people don't get that though they make it they, i feel like they make it more difficult on themselves and i'm talking more about guys than girls because that's i don't know girls but i feel like guys are like they'll they'll either get bored of a woman or they like are just like no, I don't. I don't know what's happening to me. I have to get rid of her because I might become these emotional or something. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, if you like her, don't see what happens. It. Something yeah. about yeah. guys though that my girlfriends and I always talk about, and tell me if you think this is true, Tosh, is that they always come back. They always oh, yes, they come. Do. It back. will be six months later. Yep. It will be two years later. It will be back? five years later. Every time they always come back. I'm saying any guy that's ever like ends it because of not because like someone cheated or something crazy happened, but even then they usually come back. But, but I mean, because like, that they weren't like emotionally ready, ready for a relationship. To commit. Yeah, they or thought they it would be more mature. fun to sleep around and all everything. Yeah. they always show back up a few months later. Is it healthy to give them another chance? I don't think so. Well, for me, it seems to be a bad pattern. <laughs> I don't think so. I think that you like it's sort of a, a a lofty view of mine, but that like people come into our lives. You know, we're all here to like figure something out. Like we have a higher purpose, and we're like trying to get like the next like soul level or something like to achieve enlightenment. And so people come into your life for a purpose. They come into your life to teach you something and you're supposed to learn that lesson from them and then move on. There's a song about this in the Broadway musical Wicked. I don't know if you've seen that. <laughs> I have seen Wicked, but I don't know the song. I was like, you, you know, 12 when like. I saw no, it. No, no. I just, I think it's funny because I mean, you're, yeah, but I think you're right. I think that's a good outlook is to think I agree like, that everything's a life lesson, but like, what have I taught you if that's your You know, mantra? I'm not really sure yet. That's but why she's still with you. If she figures it out, it's over. She's like, can we, she's like, can we get to the test so he can... But I do think if it wasn't working, it's not meant to work. Like, if it didn't work the first time, it's why would it work the second time? I, I understand people or, saying maybe you were just too young or whatever, but I, I don't know. But do you feel like sometimes... Like, there's one thing like fate... Like, saying, saying something's meant to be can be a crutch for not working on something that might clearly be an obstacle. Like, y maybe you're supposed to make something work and not just be spoon-fed 
a solution. Know, Does that make sense? So like, confusing. have you been in any challenging relationships, maybe with your hu- husband, where you had to like figure shit out and you actually both learned and moved forward with it? I'm the queen of dating guys and um, who are challenging, and then we break up, and then I really did a good job training them for their next girlfriend who they move in with and, like, fall in love with. Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, the last... You're their SAT prep. You're like... <laughs> yeah, I dated this guy who, you know, I really loved him, and we dated for almost a year, I think about a year, and he was great, And uh, but there were little things that I was like, dude... When you're in a relationship, you can't... Like, he was so used to being single for so long because he really never had a serious relationship before me. And he was, like, 33 or something. So I basically taught him, like, how to have a relationship. And then by the time we split up, uh, he or right after we split up, he started dating another girl who he ended up moving in with. And they'll probably get married. I feel like I schooled him. And I'm really good at that. So <laughs> I like to think that that's my role in society is to a just train person. guys... To fall in love with the next girl. That's <laughs> you nice. You turn That's, the boys into men. Didn't Dane Cook play that character in a rom com that bombed? I don't the know. Fixer or some shit like oh, that. Oh, what's it called? Yeah, no, no one saw it, so no one knows. But yeah, I can't. Everyone remember. that he dated then got good engaged. Good luck, out. Chuck. Or yeah, something that's like it. That? Good luck, yeah. Chuck. I'm sorry that you knew that. I never saw that's it. Okay. You're the female. Good luck, Chuck. Yeah. Um, so he, he was cursed or whatever. He. I think, right? He couldn't. Every date, every woman <laughs> he dated immediately great. got married after. Yeah, in their next relationship. Right. And then really Jessica Alba or somebody is like trying to date him so that she can get married, That's right? Really funny. But so, here's, yeah. so, but here's, so here's a point. I feel like, you know, you, you, we talk about like guys who need to maybe get their footing, like date, I don't know, date around or whatever it is. I, I know so many, I know people that are already, you know, past their first. They're under their second or, or third marriage, and like maybe they didn't learn through just like dating when they were younger, and, and they've suppressed a lot of feelings. I know guys that you know uh, will go get a hooker or whatever because he doesn't know how to like talk to his wife. It's like hmm. that's like that's the repressed like I don't know if that's enough. I feel like it's an American thing. We're like not good at, our, especially the generations before us. We're not good at sharing certain feelings. So we become like we do these crazy shit like in these dark places. Yeah, I also think that we're not good at like working stuff out, at like at identifying a problem and then overcoming it because we have like all of this like instant gratification with other things in life, and we just like we don't want to put in the work or put in the effort and realize that like oh it's not supposed to be like sure all the fairy tales say it's supposed to just be magical and easy and it just happens and it's the most perfect thing. It's not. It's it's work every day and you put it in the work every day like figuring stuff out when something doesn't work we figure out what the problem is and we fix it i think sometimes i don't know if this is is gonna be sage advice or sound good or not but i as an adult i think you should just if some stuff you just gotta fucking repress and be like you know what i'm a fucking <laughs> adult and this fucking sucks and blows but i you know what am but i gonna do just whine and be sad be about, about it for the rest it. of my life i mean i guess it depends if it outweighs. Like, am I happier with, you know, regardless yeah. of this one challenge or whatever, am I happier and I can put up with it even though it fucking blows? Well, it's choosing your happy? battles, right? I guess so. Yeah, yeah. you got to choose your battles. Choosing it, choosing but then what? don't dwell on it. Sure. Yeah. Be okay with, like, being okay with it. So look at us, fancy. <laughs> That's why you're all in relationships. And well, I'm <laughs> no, but don't don't now. This don't let this stack against you. I've had my fair share of shit blow up in my I'm face. I'm kidding. I love I being have, single. No, I mean I, 
I I could have used I could have used another five years of getting good at stand up. I feel like poor Tasha has to deal with me, like you know, doing the grind. I will tell and you that. If you could give Tasha advice, please let this like maybe. Well, this is no, because it's not good advice for a relationship. Like that's it. what I was gonna say. No, I'm not telling you to get out of it. I mean, I mean, Be you're honest. both comics, so. She's not a comic. Oh, you're not a comic? No. I'm oh, I not saw a you comic. at Flappers. I assumed you were a comic. That's just me being supportive. That's Thank really you. sweet. <laughs> She's like, let me make really sure <laughs> this is clear. <laughs> this is just, listen, but I just want to say that this is just for my life. So this isn't for you, but I find for me, the minute I start seeing someone, it starts to pull my focus from my career, starts to pull my time from my career, and my career starts to suffer for me, just for me. But, but, the last two years, I'm not exaggerating when I say I've really had no life. I spend every night of the week at comedy clubs. I spend every day shooting stuff or doing podcasts. Or I literally have been dating my career. I mean, I've had booty calls. I've tried to date people. But the truth is, like, I usually just... My career is really more important to me right now than having a relationship. And I feel like... When I do date guys and they want to come to my shows, like, that's so great that you support him that way. I don't like when people I date come to my shows. I don't let them because when I'm there and I'm not on stage, I'm networking, I'm trying to meet people, and I just don't want to have to feel like, is he going to get jealous I'm talking to someone? Is he going to feel, like, left out because he's sitting in the corner? So I have a rule that when I'm dating you, that's my job and you can't come there. That's just me, though. That's Mm. just for me. I feel like that's how... Uh, with certain things, that's how we are. But with others, it was like my birthday show. You Aww. know what I mean? It was not really like it was a good show, but it was literally just the show that was my birthday. So I had friends there. But yeah, it's it is. You get like dance around and like you're like you're done with your set, but then you're like making other people laugh and trying to get on other jobs and. Well, just is. meet people, yeah. you know, because like 90% of this business is, is who you're fr- who you know. I mean, yeah. it's cliche, but it's the truth. I feel like that's more in L.A. than when I lived in New York. I don't know. I mean, in New York's definitely networking, but L.A., you go to the clubs when you have no shot at getting up just c- just to be there, and that still blows my mind. I'm like, I I'd also, rather go yeah, do I stage do time somewhere, but yeah. but it doesn't mean I'm doing the right thing. Like, like clearly, I have a lot to learn about how I'm LA curious, works. do you, when, as far as being a woman comic and being in relationships with men... Oh, I actually have a penis. <laughs> okay, just well, kidding. amen. But <laughs> I, I mean, reader. when I say woman comic, I don't mean that as in you're a woman no, no, comic, no, no, but you're a woman who is a of comic, course. and so being in a relationship... I feel like it, I don't know, is it different or, like, do you go into a relationship with a guy and just immediately, like, lay it all down? Like, listen, I'm, look, there's going to be nights where, many nights, almost every night, I'm not going to be It is different for girls. Yeah, because the problem, too, is it's like, my schedule really is, like, my free time a lot of nights is after, like, midnight or 11 Mm -hmm. o'clock. And it's like, then guys put you in the booty call category, Right. right? Yeah. But the truth is that the last few guys I've tried to date, it just it hasn't worked out, too, because they want to take you out to dinner. They want to, like, go out on the town. And the truth is I'm just, like, always like, well, you know what? I'd rather if we could just maybe grab lunch and hook up or I come over at, like, midnight. But I don't have time to, like, date you because I got to do, like, I don't know. But I'm also probably – it's probably unhealthy what I do, to be fair. And, you so, know. So would you be – but you'd be perfect with another comic. But it's See, all, this but is the problem. Then, but then it's a comic. It's I've like, done that too. Yeah. Like I've dated comics, and it's great in terms of scheduling, and they get you, so you don't have to waste time explaining it, like what you do and everything. 
but it sucks when it doesn't work out. It's yeah. funny. It's a uh, because when you're in the same world, it's like dating your coworker. Yeah, you Real see them everywhere. But, the, but a coworker that gets paid to go on stage and talk about their exes. <laughs> you know, what I mean? don't or care like, if they talk about me because I talk about them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jay Jay Hollingsworth. Uh, he was just talking about this on the podcast we him. did yesterday. Um, and he was quoting Patrice O'Neill, and we were talking about dating. And he was saying how Patrice, when he would, you know, get in a relationship with a girl, he would say, "Listen, first, my first love is comedy. Second love's my mom. Your third, and fourth <laughs> is the goldfish." He's like, "Just remember, you're just above the goldfish, you know." And it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but, but he's kidding. I mean, That's he's really kidding, funny. but he's I mean, a he's not really kidding. But he you was, know, I was kidding, but not really. But does that com- account make a, a a successful relationship? Probably not. But I got a, I right. have a book that I need. Uh, I'm going to get for Tasha to read, and I haven't read it yet. But I was listening to this today. Patrice O'Neill, like, so he's he's I don't know. He's I think he's one of the gr- brilliant comics he's uh-huh. done. His wife, um, I don't know if it was his wife or his his longtime partner, or whatever. She wrote a book, kind of like how to deal mm. with living with a man, and it, it's dealing with him because he's like ridiculously outspoken he's mm-hmm. he's amazing but he's also like he just has this on he's like so overly honest that i don't like i don't know how i could be that honest with with anybody i mean he's like but i, I heard I, she was on the the race wars podcast today talking about it because they're making a documentary about him okay. I, I can't think of the name of the book but it's by Pat- it's Pat- patrice o'neill's wife i can't wrote. remember her name right now but i think I she runs his twitter and everything um, too. i'm gonna find it right now but uh yeah so it's he's just well, he was. He knows. It's like like I always quote the Superior Man. This book um, that I I love it. The like, Way of the Superior Man. Yeah. You know I haven't read that, but I'm I'm interested there because I feel like really it's, should read it. It's supposed to like teach you how to be like a man or I've something. I've never heard of it. Uh, okay, my yoga instructor gave it to me in New York, and <laughs> she's a good she's a good friend of mine. She listened to the podcast. I always talk about it. Uh, but I've had a lot of like listeners have bought it, or or at least one guy now. <laughs> and it's like it's good for it's good for women to understand like man like. Our our goals in life have to be like your create whatever it is your creative inspiration like that has to be your your number one thing you do like your passion's your passion it's right. your, your woman's not competing against your passion it's like that's just that's just it that's what it is and she has to kind of like support that and he'll be a better person because right. of it I think in summary it's the same for men and women really like you have to be fulfilled in order to have a positive healthy relationship so for men you know a lot of times that's their career or whatever right. they want to feel like fulfilled and happy in their career and positive and like they're working hard and same with women like your number one priority can't be your relationship because then it's just sort of like draining on the yeah. like, life force of that relationship also you have to be like stable on your own too and like happy on your own so that uh, that you never want the guy to be the thing that makes you happy in life. He should be the icing on what's already making you happy, you know? Icing. I always say like a relationship is the dessert, not the main course. And that's the problem we get into. Um, Von DiCarlo is Patrice Mm. uh, O'Neill's widow, Mm. I guess you call it. Uh, is it a widow if you're not married? Well, yeah, she was just like I the closest. She, I think she let him. I think, I think he was in open relationship. Anyway, yeah. she wrote a book called "Speak Fluent Man." That's huh. what, and I haven't read it, but I, I'm inspired yeah, to. And I think, I think, I mean, it might help. Like, not that I'm saying I'm a man, but I'm I'm trying I'm trying to be. You know, like I'm, tra- <laughs> like, I'm trying. Like, no, I'm still a boy. You know, not like, yet I'm a man. Not gonna, I'm not, not comparing myself to Patrice O'Neill. I'm not a boy. I'm not trying yet a man. to be <laughs> like my my Britney Spears roommate. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to be like authentic to what drives me, and I know when I miss stage time, 
because like say if we're 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 arguing about something and like I can't go on stage upset. I want to go up. With you a, should. That's the best time to go. On I stage. know, but it's one thing to go up on stage like heartbroken versus like unfinished business. And I've gone up like like heart like I thought I was heartbroken before, and like you know, yeah, like. No, but no one wants to hear me like be a, like you know Taylor Swift on Therapy. stage. I gotta go up like be productive about it. Yeah. But I need you know I'm just trying to work things out so I can make like like love. This sounds so cheesy, but like love work. Like I, I'm not gonna be the guy who's like I'm not gonna be the 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 comic who's lazy enough that doesn't think he's gonna try his hardest to make it all work. I'm not saying that like in other relationships I've been like. You know, yeah, you get, like, after midnight, I'm free. Like, New York, I got a set that's at one thirty in the morning. Like, I- I'm yeah. done. I got nothing. But now it's like, how do we make this all work? Because even if it takes me extra time to get to the destin to, you know, where I want to go, I want, you know, Tasha to be there to share it with me. I do sense? think Aww. that, like... Is that gay? Did I, am I gay now? <laughs> <laughs> Please, I, need, I, need some, I needed the guy to just be like, don't be a pussy. I think yeah. it depends where you are in your career, too, and this isn't just with stand-up. Like, because I'm thinking in my head about happily married comics like Jerry Seinfeld, Jim Gaffigan. Like, they're out there. And, but I just wonder, like, but when there's they also were a f- lot of adulterous stories to be said about one of those two. Like, well, <laughs> I'm not, this is like, really? Oh, Who knows? Yeah. I mean, Who knows? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you could, you could name a comic, and chances are you could Google us, like, there's, I'm not saying that about Seinfeld or Gaffigan, uh, but I am. But um, <laughs> I was like, I think you just did. Yeah. <laughs> no. but I just, you just hear. I didn't know that. Which one are you yeah, talking about? Yeah, the ginger. I'm just. You hear oh, really? Jim yeah. Gaffigan? And you're like, his wife, wife helps him write all these things. Maybe and she doesn't care. Maybe. I mean, maybe she maybe. has a Kurt relationship Met, with him Metzger, where she's, she's like, when girlfriend. you're on the road, I don't care if you fuck other women as long as it doesn't mean anything and you don't keep in touch. I mean, some people don't care and maybe she needs companionship at home when he's away i mean yeah. maybe that's their deal i don't know <laughs> but i was just gonna say i think that it's also like depends like where you are right Garden like boy. anyone who's anyone who's like really on the grind trying to build their career and any whatever it is is not gonna have a ton of time to devote to a relationship if they're like on that hustle and they're in a hurry about it if yeah. it's like what you're saying though where you're like hey you know what? I'm okay if it takes a little longer because I'm. I want to put my time into this as well. I think that's like a really cool attitude, and you know that makes. And if you it fails miserably, and Tasha, I come to find out, isn't who I thought she was, and you know, like there's just it. Oh, great she's smiling like she's just. You know what I mean? Like then, like all right, so I'm. You know, then I'm for, for whatever. Like right. I'm just, then you'll have material. I'm yeah. trying to think where I heard this or read it somewhere, but it's been it's something that I was told or read a long time ago, but um. It was about, ew, gross. It was about um, just, like, choosing your priorities in life. You really, like, our parents tell us we can have it all. We can't. There's a limited number of time and energy. Like, we don't we don't have unlimited resources. Yeah. You cannot have it all. You, so you have to choose your priorities. And if you want to be a doctor, a top surgeon in your field, you have to go to 12 years of school, you know, 12 years of college and post-college. And uh, you also want a family. Like, by the time you finish school and pay off your bills and have time to date and feel secure, you know what? You might be 55 years old. And maybe the girl you fall in love with is 45. And maybe she can't have kids. You know, like, that's the truth of the matter is you can't have everything. So you choose your priorities. But that offends people. Like Why? if I choose, if I choose, I'm gonna go to New York for a week. I know you. I know in the bottom of your heart, you want you don't want to be offended, but you're gonna feel like time's taken away from you. But do just you like, just like she's going away for a shoot in Texas next week, you're gonna be with Navy SEALs and fucking <laughs> gunmen and well, you do have to be in this industry. You need a guy and a girl who's so secure 
because I mean, like, I don't know what your Instagram looks like, but butts when, everywhere. Yeah, see, when I go <laughs> when I go out on guys, not joking, first date, I go, hey, whatever social media you follow me on, get off it right now, because if you want to date me, you can't. You I won't can't let be them be like, what is your social media, like, by the way? Oh, it's Kate Q Funny on Twitter and Instagram, and Facebook is just. Kate Quigley. Because you've been killing it. What's this bikini? Thank uh, you. Wait, what's it? What, what, the in a bikini thing. You got, a, you got a little, is it a hashtag thing you got going on or what? It's a hashtag. So it's you're a going, hashtag. You're going around funerals and soft I just show up anywhere you shouldn't wear a bikini and I just be <laughs> in a bikini. But it's not to be hot. It's just like, um, you know, to just live life in a bikini like Ralph's in a bikini. And you're, are you comfortable doing that or does it take you a little bit? I mean, like, what's I get super nervous every time I do it. I get really nervous because it's like there's it's funny because I'm a comic and I'm really outgoing and whatever. I want to parody that and shout out to you. I get kicked out of everywhere. I've been kicked out of everywhere. (laughs) They'll kick you out. How about the uh, the cemetery? Were you fine there? Uh, At the end, at the end, they they made us leave. Did you know whose grave you were at? It was a man's grave. <laughs> I'm sure he was honored. I picked a man because my thought in my head was like, this guy won't mind. Yeah, he's fine. I'm yes. telling you, he's I want to parody that and shout out to you so bad. So many Just people have said that to me. I mean, every, no everyone has said that to me. People have done it. A few people have done it. Well, stand-up has great. context. They know you're going up to do stand-up, whereas that's a little different. No one's in on it with you. The reason I started doing it is because so many male comedians were giving me shit about posting two sexy photos on my Instagram. Like, and they were it, saying, just... were they really? People are going to stop thinking you're funny if you keep posting sexy pictures and I was like why can you not be funny and sexy at the same time that I is mean, such bullshit is. how can I'm you sure not be you as do. successful and sexy how can you not be smart and sexy we don't need to be defined by just I one I bet goal. you That's do four point. times as much stage time as we have and I, I'm going to tell you I thought I did not think you were going to be a funny comic <laughs> I just, I had no idea you were killing it. Thank I, you. And, it and it's got nothing to say other it's than just, you just, because there's just a million. Pure, dumb million, chauvinism. <laughs> no, no, there's a million people hanging around that that don't do well, yeah. that are like, everyone's, yeah, I'm a comic, I'm this and that. And then you go, and then you, I've, the only time I've seen you, I'm, I'm glad I got to see you do really well. Thank you. Well, you know what? I'm like, honestly, this is the thing. I think that we're talking about like the whole relationship versus stand up thing. It's like, my favorite thing to do is stand-up comedy. Like, I had my TV show on Playboy. We shot for 10 weeks. Those 10 weeks, I was only able to get up on stage, you know, half as much as usual. And I was getting so depressed. I remember I was in Seattle or San Francisco. I was in San Francisco. I called my friend Brad Williams, uh, who's a hilarious comedian. Yeah, he's great. He used to live in San Francisco. I called him like... 11 o'clock at night, we just wrapped shooting. I'm like, Brad, I need a stage. I need to get up somewhere. Tell me anywhere. Like, where in San Francisco can I go? Like, I was so just, like, that's a thing. therapeutic for you, too. It's like some people are addicted to going to the gym. They've, like, got to get their sweat on so that they can feel, like, okay with the day. Yeah, and when you start to, like, find your rhythm and your voice and what works for you, then it gets more addictive. And then, like. Then you want to go up in strange rooms. I just want to be better. I will get up on any stage. I don't care. Like, I'll go up anywhere anytime because I just want to get better so I but I think that's the difference between there's a lot of people in town that do stand up because they want to get a TV show yeah they're sculpting a pilot or they want an agent yeah Yeah, it's a stepping stone yeah it's a showcase it's not like it's a showcase that's the biggest difference between LA and New York for me was that New York like when I started comedy it was just comics 
And here right. it's like, I mean, I can't tell you how many, this guy, uh, he's, he's flat out told me I'm just doing this to like, you know, to get my but thing. But that's okay. Like, that's okay. Yeah, if, if, you're, if, you're good, if, you're, if you can make people laugh and you're good at it, sure. Sure. Plenty of people have a great, solid 10 minute set. They'll do over, over and over forever to get, a, you know, an agent or whatever. And like, I don't have any problem with that at all. If that's your reason. If Yeah. That's cool, but I just like for me, I just like comedy's my favorite, you know. Yeah. What's your ultimate goal with stand up? Like special or touring headlining? I would love to ultimately I mean, of course, I would love to have a a sitcom that I'm filming, but then Mm -hmm. also be able to headline clubs on the weekend. Almost just allow that to Yeah. Have the have the draw book rooms and well, I mean, well, you know, ha- sell out rooms and go around the country. Yeah, I mean, I love I love it. acting, too. I really do. I, that's what I, like, started doing. Yeah. But um, I want to do both. I know this is obvious, but, like, I, I love Judd Apatow, how he can, yeah. you know. Have you seen him, his stand-up yeah. lately? Yeah. Uh, so at, at the Improv, and it was, um, it was like, an urban. It was, like, an ur- it was like Black Night. It was, like, <laughs> Mo I think a Monday. Monday night. Yeah, it was Monday night. Mo better. No one's in. So the whole place is closed. I probably talked about this before. And I'm just like, I'm just like there with Jay Hollingsworth, my first time there. He's six eight, so he and he's like fitting in with this with the community, and I'm not. Yeah. And uh, and Judd Apatow walks in. It's the night of the Emmys, I believe. He's dressed in a in a full suit. Oh, I saw him that night. Yeah, right. He's in a suit and everything, and he and he walks in, and like no one else is around. I'm like, hey, you going up? And he's like, yeah. He just starts talking like a normal normal guy. He's a like, nice guy. That's, oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, that's exa- that's all you want. And then from every podcast I listen to in New York, they say the same thing when he was shooting um, Amy Schumer's movie. Is that he's just trying to get stage time. He's not bumping anyone. He's going up. He's requesting time. And he's and great. he's also like has more power than any of these. Like he right. could like he's done it. He's done every major. He used to be like, hey, I'm gonna go up on stage next because I'm Judd fucking Apatow. Yeah, but instead he's like asking yeah, me about humble. my career and I'm like, you don't want to know. Like, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. he's being super nice. And I'm like, oh, that's a guy because he doesn't have to headline, but he could, I guess. Maybe he's not stretched out that far, but he could. And I would, lo- I'd love to just do jokes where, yeah, wherever you are. To just be like, alright, I'm in. I look at that Undateable show, you know, which has Ron Funches, Chris D'Elia, well, there's Brent other Moran. comics, I think, on the two, right? Yeah. And... I think of that show because there's such diehard stand-ups that they just use that show to to allow them to get booked everywhere, you know? Sure. Yeah. Like, like there's people out there in, in America who just love that show, but I'm thinking these guys aren't really looking at the yeah, show they, as yeah. far as, like, let's make this great show. They're like, dude, let's keep doing this show so our name gets out there yeah. and we can keep doing stand-up, you know? F- That's yeah. how I look at that show. I mean, yeah, but they're doing a live. Ta- they're doing a live show tonight. I feel like that's them, like auditioning for a host spot tonight? on SNL it's or something. You know, that's tonight. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! I, I didn't know. Wait, no, you're right. It's tomorrow, tomorrow night. night. Tomorrow night. Phil, I'm sorry. He's calling you out. All right, we're gonna we're gonna end the podcast sorry. in a second. But look, we we put our <laughs> intentions right. out there. Now Shanghai knows what we want. There's any rich uh, businessmen in And you're Shanghai. welcome, <laughs> cast of Undateable, for that free plug. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I actually that- love all those guys. I was just going to say about Chris D'Elia that uh, this is, like, not super related, but um, I love Chris because I've seen him. I've never seen him say no to a photo with a fan ever. Like, he's one of those guys that I feel like a lot of people sometimes talk shit about. But like his character is a little probably. Whatever, but he's, like, such a nice guy. And I was just at the comedy store the other night, and he was with a girl and you know like he totally could have been like telling people like hey do you mind like i'm kind of like this per- i'm with someone and he doesn't he takes photos with every single yeah, person that comes cool. up like he's yeah. such because well, comedians don't they don't it's not like a first year thing success it doesn't just happen 
I you always know? say that comedians are the blue collar workers of show business. No one, they never get respect. They never, they're never above fame. Like well, they, they're never in TMZ. It. There's because no, no like overnight success stories. People think like, oh, Chelsea Handler is an overnight. Like no way, she was doing stand up for ten yeah. years. Yeah, like so Schumer, you know? Amy Schumer breaks big time with like some roast shows, but like she was already like way. When it goes back respected. to why you're doing this, I don't think it doesn't matter how famous you get. You still want people to like you as a comic, you know. So even if you just even if you're the most famous person in the world, but you're a stand-up and you meet some schlub, you're like, you want to impress that guy somehow because you want him to like you too, you know? Yeah. So <laughs> you're still going to be like, dude, yeah, you want? I mean, I would imagine you want a picture. Like, let's do I it. I was man. opening last year on, on a for a, a touring comic, cashing paychecks I didn't feel like I deserved, and then I got a twenty-five dollar spot check or spot cash <laughs> at Stand Up New York, and it was it was. By, by far the happiest I've ever. Isn't felt. it so funny? Twenty five dollars I mean, cash rolled, I know. rolled up and a little bit. Totally. <laughs> I remember the first time I got paid at the Hollywood Improv, and I, I seriously think it was like eight dollars for ten minutes or something. <laughs> you and I was like, I can't and... believe I got paid at the Hollywood. Yeah. Like I was freaking out. Yeah. And then Eric Myers didn't he just do his first paid spot at the Comedy Store this week? He got past the store this week. Yeah. It's amazing. I know. And like that's such a. Yeah, people don't. It's not. He's, but he's been doing. What's funny is like he was just on Showtime, and like he's really blowing up this year. But he's been doing comedy for 14 years. You know, no. like he's put yeah. his time in. There you I, go. I, I, yeah, I'm not aware of him. I have to look him you up. Know, I, oh, oh, my yeah, God. Yeah. Dude, he's, he's seriously. I've seen a murder in bad rooms where, like, no one wants to laugh. I'm not saying this because he's, like, one of my closest friends. But I swear to God, he's the funniest comic I've ever. I mean, literally, I was at the Hollywood Improv one night. Eric's on stage. People were falling off their <laughs> chairs laughing. Like, he's a killer. He's at the parlor tonight, I believe. He's at the parlor if tonight. If you're listening to this, you probably missed it. We're going to air this tomorrow. But um, I, uh, uh, social media, Tasha. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Tasha Courtney, uh, Snapchat, Tasha TV. Any uh, plugs coming up? Shooting in Texas, behave yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'll be shooting in, in some, San Diego. Shooting with the SEAL Team then. 6. You, nice. Can yeah. I say that? I mean, Jeez, these guys are going to make me look like a... Ugh. Seriously? Like the SEAL Team 6? Yeah, uh, maybe. Awesome. I think so. I'm not sure about all of the details exactly who's going to be there. but Just keep their hands in their little... Parkers. Can I come? <laughs> <laughs> can you, you s- give them all my numbers? <laughs> and can you get, can you give us your social media again, Kate? Yeah, mine's just Kate Q Funny. I'm on like everything: Twitter, blah blah, Periscope, Instagram, and Kate Quigley on Facebook. You can follow my personal page because I never update my fan page. Great, Phil. At like the animal on Twitter. Um, at Phil Fox. Phil Fox Comedian dot com. Great. Uh, at like the animal, not at Phil Fox. At like the animal. That is, okay. Phil Fox like the animal. At like the no animal. one's gonna find you now. That's why. Oh, you yeah, that was you. really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Underscore <laughs> backslash yeah, right. Print it on the podcast page. And so follow me on out. Instagram. Also at like the animal for all my racing for your bikini photos. photos. Yeah. I want a bikini Hot. photo tonight for you. And I'm at Daniels with a Z D N E A L Z. Share the podcast. Sex actually. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye guys.